This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about your mind. We get into your head and talk about focus and attitude and confidence. We talk about preparation. We talk about relationships. We talk about sportsmanship. talk about mental health and athletes and coaches, a topic that is finally, finally, finally being talked about. In my 39th year of work as a sports psychologist, my 28th year on the radio here in Kansas City, our show is now on in a number of cities around the country. And, you know, I have talked forever about athletes and their mindset and how they're people. You know, we look, we put these, we put athletes and coaches on these pedestals because they are so superior physiologically. And, we, we, we assume that they're these in, perfect people. Well, they've got problems just like all the rest of us do, sometimes even more so. Because psychologically, emotionally, they may not be that mature. And yet you've got a guy who's six foot ten and can dunk a basketball and can do incredible things, but emotionally and psychologically may not be all that together. And the whole psychological side of sport is becoming more and more talked about. It's becoming something. I mean, when I started working in this field in 1981, when I got my doctorate, my PhD, and moved back to Kansas City, I was told by a bunch of people, this is a bunch of bunk. I had an athletic director at a college when I went to talk to them about working with their team saying, I don't believe in hocus pocus and witchcraft, and that's what you're talking about. Now we're seeing athletes, coaches, teams, people talk about how important mindsets are, how important the psychological health of an athlete is. You know, when we talk about athletics, we talk about sports, especially professional and collegiate sports, people always want to win. They want to win the championship. They want to come in first. And it filters down to the high school and youth sport level as well. One of the big challenges that I find in my work is getting people to understand how to focus. And it's a challenge a lot we have in society today. Let's face it, there are distractions galore more all over the place. I'm going to be 65 years old in 13 days. I'm getting old, although I don't feel it. And I think back when I was a teenager. In Kansas City, we had three TV stations. There were AM, FM radios. There weren't all these distractions. There weren't all these things going on. It was a lot easier to focus on what you were doing without the external distractions. But the worries were there. Worry about winning, worry about losing, worry about letting people down. And so today what I want to get into is this issue. And it's something that's come up a lot 
with a lot of the clients I work with. What's the difference between worrying and focusing, especially in sports? You want to win, you want to succeed, you want to come out on top. My definition of winning is not coming in first place. It's did you do the best you could that day. There's also going to be somebody who's better than you, somebody who's stronger than you, faster than you. But the question is, are you doing the things you need to do to be your best? And what does it take to do that? Mindset is a big piece of that. Obviously, understanding your fundamentals and the skills that you need to learn and develop in your sport is important. But the importance of focus, how you focus, what we focus on is so, so important. Now, obviously, today there are all kinds of medications people take, which I think are overprescribed, by the way. It's really easy to stick a kid on a medication for attention deficit disorder, ADD, or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. There are a lot of people that need those medications, but a lot of people get stuck on a pill to solve the problem. But I think a lot of it also comes from training mentally, training psychologically on what you're thinking about. So when you're playing your sport, how often do you have trouble focusing and why do you have trouble focusing? What does focusing mean? The ability to concentrate on the task at hand. And I often talk with people about what are you focusing on? And they'll say, well, Doc, I'm worrying. Oh, wait a minute. Why are you worrying? Well, I'm scared. I'm afraid. I don't want to screw up. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to lose. I don't want to fail. I don't want to let my parents down. I don't want to let my teammates down. I don't want to let my coaches down. I start worrying so much. Worrying about outcomes. And I have a couple phrases I use a lot. One is FOE. One is FOR. FOE means focus on effort instead of FOR, focus on results. What I'm finding is a lot of athletes spend a lot of time focusing on the score, the outcome. What happens if I lose? What happens if I don't score enough points? Worrying about you know, whether I must run a perfect race. How important is it to, to, to not let people down? The outcome becomes the emphasis instead of the effort. And I hear it all the time. I'll have swimmers. They'll get on the blocks ready to dive in and they'll be getting ready to go and they'll look around in the when they're in the heat, one or two heats behind their heat and look at, at who's swimming they're swimming against. They may look at the heat sheet and see who's in their race. And they start worrying, oh my gosh, I can't beat her. She's so much better than me. Or he's five seconds better than me in this race. Yet you've been training well, you've been doing great. You're, you've been really doing everything you need to do to do the best you can. Yet you start worrying so much about the outcome worrying about who else is there, you lose your focus. So I want to get into into this topic today. What do you do to focus? How do you focus? What are you thinking about that allows you to focus and concentrate on what you want to do versus worrying about the outcome? How And what do you worry about when you play a sport? What are the things that you worry about? The score, letting people down, failing, screwing up, making mistakes, what's the difference? What's the difference between being able to focus and concentrate versus worrying about the outcome? I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, what do you do 
to challenge your athletes, your team, to focus. And how do you know, how can you tell when the athletes you're coaching, when your team is worrying too much? What do you worry about when you play sports? What's the most prominent thing you worry about? If you're an athlete, I'd like to find out from you what you worry about. Is it failing? Is it letting people down? Is it screwing up, making mistakes, being embarrassed? And if that's the predominant thought you've got, how do you handle that? What do you do to overcome that? That's the challenge we want to get at today. Because I'm going to talk about some techniques and things that I try to do with people. And a lot of it's about your concentration, your motivation, your goals. What are you there to do? If you're there to win and not lose, you're focusing on outcomes. If you're there to succeed and do your best, you're focusing on effort. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call and let's talk. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a parent. How do you focus? What do you worry about when you play sports? Give me a call and let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years, and with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head-on in sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach Peter Malone, Just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click Products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click Products. 
Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hope you're enjoying our show today as we're talking about this topic. The difference between worrying and focusing when you play sports. When you play your sport, how important is your mindset to what you're doing? What kind of a role does it play? And what are you thinking about when you're out there on the basketball court, on the tennis court, playing volleyball, in the swimming pool, playing golf? Are you worrying about your 110 yards off the green? You know that you're needing to birdie this hole to get ahead of your opponent. So do you focus so much, I've got to hit this right up to the pin, I've got to birdie this hole, or do you think, I'm 110 yards out, what do I need to do to hit this ball on the green? Where is your focus at? What are you concentrating on? That's what I'd like to get into today. And I'd like to hear from you. If you are an athlete, what do you focus on when you're playing your sport? I said earlier, there's there's two things I, I like to look at. Focusing on effort versus focusing on results. So how much do you focus on your effort? How much do you focus on the outcome, the results? Our number is 913-3810810. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete. When you are worrying, you worry a lot about the outcomes, about the results, about the score, about your time. 
about what people are going to think about you. What are they going to say? Am I going to let people down? Am I going to let my parents down? Am I going to let my teammates down? Am I going to let my coach down? Let my girlfriend, my boyfriend down? You start worrying about what other people think. And then you lose your focus on what you're doing. The ability to concentrate is something we can all learn. And a lot of it has to do with breathing. Okay, one of the things that I, I spend a lot of time on with so many of the athletes I work with is getting them to learn to use breathing to help them focus. Now think about it. When you see really good free throw shooters, they typically go up to the line. They'll be at the top of the key. They'll visualize the shot, go up to the line, take it, you know, bounce the ball two or three times, whatever, take a deep breath, focus, and shoot. You watch a really good baseball pitcher when he's about to throw the ball. Takes a deep breath, inhales and exhales. And I, I always tell people, use that exhale as a beam to help you focus on what you're doing. When a golfer's standing over the ball, and this is one of the biggest things with golfers because you have so much time to think. Have a pre-shot routine. You know, go through your technique, but then stand behind the ball, visualize the shot, picture the shot in your mind, see what you want to do. Then step up, you know, take your practice things whatever, step up over the ball, take a deep breath, focus on the spot under the ball and swing the club. One of the worst things golfers do is stand over the ball and think. Because then when you start to think, you typically start to get uptight. When you start to get uptight, you get tense. When you get tense, you feel it, then you start worrying, and then that negativity comes in. All right, I would like to hear from you. If you're a coach, how do you challenge your athletes to focus better? If you are an athlete, you play a sport. I don't care what the sport is. What do you do to focus better? Our number is 913-3810810. What are the distractions that come into your mind? Okay? Josh, when you've played sports, our producer Josh is here with me every Sunday. Does a great job getting keeping us on the air. When you played sports, what did you worry about? Failing. Ah, why? It's just, you know, common when you're... So in the heat of battle. So you would worry about failing instead of focusing on succeeding? In some cases, yes. What was the difference? Really, um, you know, putting yourself in a routine would help with that, especially like you were saying. But, you know, just, just the fear of, it was more fear, even if you're trying to focus on other things. There you go. You just hit, you just hit that four-letter word. We love four-letter words, don't we? Okay, fear. Fear of what? No, I'm not performing to the best of your ability. So what if you don't? So what? Are you a loser? Or are you terrible? Or are you a bad person because you didn't perform the best of your ability? Are you going to get yelled and screamed at? Are you going to let people down? Potentially. Why? Why? Because you didn't do the best you can? Well, you always want to do the best that you can. Sure but... you do. But, but, you know, besides me, Josh, who have you met? especially here at our WHB studios, who's perfect? Nobody. You're smiling when you're answering that question. Yeah, no, yeah, right. Nobody, right, because nobody is perfect. Okay, but we strive. You hear all these coaches all the time. We gotta, we've got to strive for perfection, right? You hear that all the time. So then if you're not perfect and you screw up, then you're a failure. So then if you're a failure, you let people down. And then if you let people down, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? That's why to me, see... 
this topic I think is a really important one when it comes to, to, to anything, really. So you're wor- when you played sports, you worry about failing. And you worry about failing when you would worry because you didn't want to let people down, basically, right? Was that the main thing? Or was it letting yourself down? You know, I've always had good coaches. They're always iterated, having fun. And so, but, um, yeah, you'll always have that natural, I hope I, you know, don't fail here. You know, am I wearing too much, that sort of thing, instead of focusing on, you know, what you should be focusing on. I mean, look, nobody wants, I won't say nobody, but most people do not want to lose, do not want to fail, do not want to script. Most people like to succeed. We all do. That's life. Okay, but but reality is that we will screw up, right? We're going to screw up. We're going to make a mistake. And so consequently, how much does your mindset play a role in that in the sense of are you worrying so much before you do what you're going to do that that becomes fruition? You know, visualization is about seeing yourself do what you want to do. And I have a lot of people who tell me, Doc, I'm real good at visualizing, Doc, but I'm good at visualizing screwing up. Why is that? Well, because I got yelled at a lot when I was younger, and I'm worried about being yelled at again. I'm worried about letting people down, and I'm worried about what people are going to say when I make a mistake because everybody's watching. So how do you handle yourself when you fail? Okay, that, that's one of the key things. You know, to me, you know, I, I don't think you want to go into an athletic event and screw up, but the, but the reality is you're going to. So if you do, then how do you react to that? How do you respond to that? How do you come back to that? And, that, and that's the key thing. So, Josh, when you screwed up, which I know you didn't do very much, you, know, you come in here every day or you're, you're ready to go, smiling, happy, in a good mood. But when you screwed up, how did you bounce back from it? Uh, deep thought, you know, little visualization of the next time can always help. And then, you know, you, you always need that kind of reassurance from people or else you're you're just going to... You know, maybe be sad or in your thoughts longer than you normally would be. But um, always that reassurance was always nice. And that's exactly right. All right, let's let's see if we can get some calls in here. I want to hear from you. If, you. if you've played sports and you've you've played sports before and you have failed, I want to know how you overcame that. And how much did you worry about failing when you're playing your sport? How much do you – how much time do you worry about letting people down? Do you worry about screwing up? Do you worry – about the result instead of focusing on your effort. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. 
That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago, and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about your mindset, and today's topic is this issue. Do you worry or do you focus when you're playing your sport? How much and what do you worry about when you play your athletic event? I'd like to hear from you if you are an athlete. What do you worry about 
when you're playing your game? Is it failing? Is it letting people down? Is it screwing up? Being embarrassed? Making a mistake? Or do you focus on your effort, your execution, and what you have to do? Our number is 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, how do you teach your athletes to focus? What do you do with them? You know, you hear that word all the time. You got to focus better. You got to concentrate better. Your mind's not here. You're distracted. You're, you're, your mind's all over the place. You're not concentrating on what you got to do. Get your, get your head in the game. Have you heard that before? Get your head in the game? If you heard it once, you've heard it hundreds of times. Why isn't it there? Internal distractions, external distractions. There are two types. External distractions, everything going on around you. Internal distractions, what you're thinking about. So what do you think about when you don't do your best? Let's even get some calls in here, discussion going on this. To me, this is, this is a big piece of success and or failure in sports. Because if you can focus on what you want to do, you're going to block out the negatives, block out the distractions, block out other people, and get in that zone. You know the term in the zone, right? Everybody wants to get in the zone. Well, how do you get there? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. It starts with preparation. It starts with how you get yourself ready physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally. Are you doing all the things you need to do to be able to focus the best? You need to focus on the task at hand. Like I said earlier, you're a golfer. 110 yards off the green. Hit the ball on. Get it close to the pin. You tap it in for a birdie. Are you thinking about, I've got a birdie this hole, I've got a birdie this hole, I need to do that? Or are you thinking, all right, I'm 110 yards out, what do I need to do to hit this ball close to the pin? So that's where preparation starts with your mindset. What are you thinking about? Focus on your effort, focus on your execution. Remember, you're here to concentrate on what you're doing. When you're taking a test at school, are you worrying about how many questions on the multiple choice test you've gotten wrong and you start adding up your score in your head and worrying about your score versus concentrating on the next question. See, this is where preparation comes in. Preparation mentally, physically, psychologically. Are you prepared? And here's the key thing. Are you prepared to screw up? So, Josh, let me ask you this question. When you screwed up in a game, in a, in a sport, how did you come back from that? Or did you find that when you screwed up, it was like a downhill slide for you? A, a little bit of both. You yeah. know, everyone reacts differently to a failure. I guess um, tackle football would be the best example because I um, started that in sixth grade and it was, you know, hard that adjustment period was scared to, you know, get hit or hit people. And so with, with a sport like that, it was kind of a downhill slide but with other sports you know it was just you know quick um memory get it out of your memory just erase it and that's kind of how i would do things most of the time is just forget it quickly but see that's to me where coaching good coaching comes in because good coaches teach kids how to fail to not be afraid of failing to not be afraid of screwing up to not be afraid of making mistakes because then when you screw up because you're going to 
You go on to the next play, to the next point, to the next pitch, to the next shot. You don't sit there and dwell, oh, gosh, I screwed up. And then you look around and see people's faces. Oh, gosh, look at that. And then that negativity comes in. You know, do you know how many times research has found you have to say a positive statement to overcome one negative for the average person? I've said it on here before. Take a guess. Two positive statements for every 12 a day. When you say I can't do it, research has found you have to say I can do it, 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 I can do it. That was with one breath, by the way. 12 times. Okay. For the average person. Well, I think athletes, quite frankly, are a little bit more superior concentration-wise than the average person, especially when you get to the high school and the collegiate level, especially, well, obviously professional Olympic level, but I think for them it's about eight. But you've got to learn how to do that. You will make a mistake. A quarterback is going to throw an incomplete pass, is going to throw an interception, is going to misread something. But then you've got, I call it TNP, the next play. So preparation is about how, not not just how you prepare for when you're going to succeed, but how you prepare for when you fail. In our book, Just Let Them Play, mentioned every week on our show, I mean, I, I co-author it with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone, two Hall of, Fame, uh, Hall of Fame athlete and coach. Our third chapter, I talk about it all the time. Embracing failure can lead to fun. You have to be prepared to deal with failure. Tom Gordon worked with me his whole career talked about it many times he's been on the show with me many times his son d gordon and nick gordon baseball players spent time with them as well tom gordon had the major league record for 54 saves in a row 54 saves in a row that eventually got broken by eric gagne 54 saves in a row our focus and on the bill of his cap and he's talked about it on this show before i had him write one game at a time one inning at a time one batter at a time, one pitch at a time, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Focus on the next pitch. Because when you do that, you give yourself a much greater chance to succeed. But when you focus too much on the result, then you're in trouble. If you are an athlete, do you find yourself focusing more or worrying more when you're playing your sport? And when you do worry, what do you worry about? The most common worry I find from people, well, there's two. Failing and letting people down. I'm going to fail, and then people aren't going to like me. They're going to be down about me. They're going to be upset at me. And then you start getting caught up with that. Then you lose your focus on what you're doing, and then everything falls apart. So if you're an athlete, I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, I'd like to hear from you. What do you do to concentrate and do the best you can? How do you do that? What does it take for you to do your best? And that, to me, starts with, as I said earlier, preparation. How do you get ready for your game, for your contest, for your athletic event? What do you do mentally? Do you take some time to relax? Do you take your time to get get yourself in the right frame of mind where you want to be? Do you visualize success? Do you visualize faith? You know, people ask me about, Doc, visualize, visualize, visualize. We hear about it all the time. I've been talking about it for 40 years. Since I learned about it in grad school in the 70s. What is visualization? Picturing yourself doing your event. 
But not just always picturing yourself succeeding, picturing yourself failing. And how do I come back from that? Yeah, you don't want to fail, but you're going to. So you want to ask yourself if you're playing football and I drop a pass, how am I going to react back from that? If I play golf and I have a five-foot putt and I miss it, how am I going to react to that? If I'm a tennis player and a double fault, how am I going to react from that? You know, one of the things I hear a lot, especially from tennis players, when they make a mistake, they'll look over in the stands and see their parents or their coach, especially their parents, roll their eyes, shake their head, look at the ground, throw their hands up in the air, and then they're in trouble. Because then it's like, oh, I've let them down. And then that negativity comes in. Negativity, negativity, negativity. Do you worry more or do you focus more? Which is more predominant for you? I want to hear from you. If you're an athlete, you're a coach. What does it take for you to succeed? How do you overcome failure? How do you overcome the worries that you've got? Give me a call. Let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. 
but the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about mindsets, and today's topic is this. How much do you worry versus how much do you focus when you're playing your sport? So if you are an athlete, what do you worry about when you go suited up, when you go on the court, when you walk on the field, when you jump in the pool, when you're about to play your game? What do you worry about? What I have found is, is when people screw up, the biggest thing they screw up worrying about is failing and letting people down. And they start worrying so much about letting people down that they get consumed with screwing up and then they indeed do screw up. The ability to focus is, is something that some people naturally can do, but it's really something you gotta work on. And it starts, as I said earlier, with how you prepare, how you mentally prepare, physically prepare, psychologically prepare, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally. What are the things you do to get ready for your event? Do you go through in your mind the what ifs? I always have athletes write down a what if list. And what is a what if list? It's, it's a list of the things that could happen. What if this happens? What if that happens? And how am I going to react to it? How you react to it has a lot to do with taking the time to think about how am I going to feel, <clears throat> feel physically and psychologically. If I drop that ball, I double fault, I miss the birdie putt, I don't swim as fast as I wanted, my time wasn't as fast as I wanted, what am I going to do to come back from that on the next play? What am I going to do to come back from that in the next event? How do I be more positive? So have a game plan. Mentally have a game plan. Then when you're actually doing what you're doing, like I said, we all have to breathe to live, but utilize your breathing as a cue to focus. Utilize your breathing as a key to concentrate. Utilize your breathing as a key to relax. You know, for years I've, I've had these visual relaxation visualization exercises I've taught athletes. They're on my website. If you go to winnersunlimited.com under products, I have them on there. They're relaxation visualization exercises. They're digital downloads now. They started as audio tapes, then they became CDs, now they're digital downloads. But they're relaxation visualization exercises to help you prepare to compete. And it starts with laying down in a, in a room, in an environment where you won't be disturbed for 20 minutes. I have you focus on a spot above you and just concentrate on your breathing. And slowly relax. Just concentrate on, on how you breathe. And slowly I count from one to five. When I reach number five, your eyes close. Then I take you through what's called a progressive muscle relaxation exercise. And on this exercise, we go through tightening and loosening your muscles, starting with your forehead, your mouth and jaws, your neck and shoulders, 
your arms, your stomach, your buttocks, your thighs, your calves, your feet, one section at a time. Flex it and relax it. That's going to do two things. It's going to relax you at that moment <clears throat> Excuse me. while you're doing that. But it's also going to make you aware of tension when you're competing because you will get tense. You're going to get tight. And so by flexing and then relaxing those muscles, you'll become aware when you get tense by just flexing and relaxing when you're competing to get rid of that tension. So you'll be relaxed beforehand, but it also teaches you when you're doing it. Then I take you to a beach in a tropical island, not a bad place to be, considering it's the middle of December right now. And especially here in Kansas City, where we're supposed to get a bunch of snow today. So, great place to be. You walk along this beach and you come to a, a large golden door. Visualize a large golden door and open it up. And behind that door is going to be the most positive, confident place you've ever been. It could be somewhere you'd like to be, some place you've been. It's a place in your mind where you go and feel very positive and confident with yourself. So music comes on. I say a lot of positive, confident things there. You feel really good about yourself. And then I have you leave there and go to your athletic event and then perform to your potential. And I have you then visualize, see yourself performing to your potential. I have a generic one. I have one for bowling, one for tennis, one for swimming, one for running, one for pitching, one for hitting. Visualize yourself in your event doing it. Then I have you go back to the beach, imagine yourself laying down on the beach. I can't back to five to one to wake you up. Preparation, mental preparation, something like this can be very helpful to get you in the right frame of mind. So taking the time to prepare and visualize yourself in situations. You know, years ago, Kansas City Chiefs 1992 season had Joe Montana as their quarterback. Playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. And I've always been a Chiefs fan, gone to their games. I've worked with, gosh, probably close to 20 to 30 players privately over the years. And I remember this game very well because it was the until last year, the last time the Chiefs had won a home playoff game. It was fourth down and 10. The Chiefs were losing. Joe Montana throws a touchdown pass to a guy named Tim Barnett in the end zone, wide receiver Tim Barnett. After the game, then the Chiefs went on to win in overtime, and Nick Lowry kicked a field goal in overtime, and Chiefs beat the Steelers. But Montana was interviewed after that game, and they said, the pressure on you right there, gosh, you must have been thinking about it. He goes, no, I just knew we needed to score. I just knew we had to get the ball in the end zone and get a touchdown. I didn't even know it was 4th and 10. I just knew we needed to score. We needed to execute. He was focusing on execution. He wasn't even aware it was 4th and 10. Because his focus was on, what do I have to do to do my job? When you've played your sport the best you've ever played it, I'm guessing your concentration level is really focused on what you're doing. You're focusing on your effort, focusing on your concentration on the task. And when you screwed up, I'll bet you probably were focusing way too much on the result, the score, focusing on the people around you, focusing on your, your mom or dad, throwing their hands up in the air when you screwed up, your coach looking down at the ground, getting upset. You start worrying about other people. So here's our big, the, the, the focus of today's show has been this. What do you do to focus, and how much does worry play a role in that? So if you've been listening to this, and of course our shows are podcasted, lots of people listen to the podcast I'm finding out. Start with your preparation. Ask yourself, what's my goal for today? What do I want to accomplish? How am I going to get there? Then come up with a game plan, a mental game plan, 
for success and failure. When you do well, when you don't do well. If you do well, how do you're going to keep it going? If you screw up, how are you going to overcome that? Focus on your effort. Focus on the task at hand. Focus on your concentration. Get yourself in that zone. If you can do that, you will have a much, much, much greater chance of success in contrast to concentrating too much on the result. If you focus on the score, focus on the people around you, you start worrying about all that. And when you start worrying about all that, then you lose your concentration on what you want to do, and then things fall apart. So hopefully today's show has helped you out. If you're an athlete, you're a coach, you're a parent. Here's the thing. We all want to concentrate and focus the best we can. Some people need medication to help them do that. I think a lot of it, though, starts with your breathing, starts with your game plan, starts with your mental preparation, how you get yourself ready for whatever you're going to do. And this isn't just applicable to sports. It's applicable to everything we do. You know, I like doing this show because I get a lot of feedback from people throughout the week about what we talk about. And I'd love to hear from you if you've got comments or topics you'd like me to get into. There are a lot of ways you can reach me. My office is 816-561-5556, Kansas City. I work with people all the time on the phone, FaceTime, do all kinds of things, help people out. My website is winnersunlimited.com, W-I-N-N-E-R-S, unlimited.com. You can send me an email there at drj at winnersunlimited.com. You can follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych, at drjsport. P-S-Y-C-H. So a lot of ways to reach me. Love to hear from you. If you have a topic you'd like me to get into on this show, give me a call, send me an email, send me a message, and we'll get into it. The purpose of this show is to help you get better, help you deal with things. It's one of the, I think, one of the only sports psychology shows on the air in the country. As I said, I've been on the air now for 28 years, the last 18 years here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. As far as I know, the second longest uh, show in Kansas City. Been on the air this long. Love doing this show. Hope I'm on a lot longer. Hope you've enjoyed our topic today. Hope you picked up something from it. If you're an athlete, you're a coach, or a parent, our goal in this show is to help you get better, help you feel good about yourself, and accomplish your goals. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Have a great week. Stay well. Stay warm. We'll talk to you next week. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. 
If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back... When your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country, and tragically, More than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you, too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. <laughs> 